Hi, this is David Collins, Star Wars voice actor and editor at Skywalker Sound. You're listening to the 501st Cast. This is a 501st Cast special report. So welcome, 501st Cast listeners, to our celebration recap. We have uh, three of our members on the cast today, along with Joe, who is going to keep us in line. And we're going to try to just rehash all of our fun experiences from Celebration Chicago. That obviously was April 11th through 15th. So I thought we'd kind of run down some of the things that each of us got to participate in. Um, and we can just throw in uh, comments as we go along. When did you guys arrive at uh, uh, Celebration Chicago? Well, this is Todd. Um, uh, hello, everyone. Um, so, uh, yeah, I didn't arrive until I think it was uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, Wednesday night when the con started on Thursday. All right. So did you brave the, the giant uh, bash uh, banquet tick up? Uh, ticket pickup line? No, we didn't get in until late uh, Wednesday. It must have been uh, probably about uh, eight o'clock or so, and then had to make the way to the airport and I mean uh, to the hotel and et cetera. So no, didn't do any of the uh, the pre-ticket pickup. Yeah, so so that was my first thing. I don't know when you got in, Marcus. Um, I got in Tuesday. Um, no, Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning. Um, I drove, um, I left, uh, Franklin, Tennessee on, um, Tuesday night and then I stayed the night somewhere in Illinois halfway. And then I got there quite early, like nine or 10. So I was able to check in right away, which was, which was, you know, not, not, you know, uh, guaranteed obviously. But, um, and then I was, um, doing the, I was I did brave actually I didn't know I did not brave the the check-in line for the bash or for the banquet because I did see how long it was um however I did come back 4 hours later and it was well past its scheduled end time of 6 um and they were still handing it out so I think they just wanted to get everything out of the way as, as much as they can before and they didn't want those long lines at the you know near the fire first booth the next days um so yeah I did uh, I did get everything eventually yeah oh my goodness that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's huge. So, Nikki, you were in that line for a long yeah. time? Yeah. So, it was it was a long line, but <laughs> how it wrapped, um, we were basically on two sides of the hallway. Um, so, we were constantly, you know, kind of like waving across to the other side of the line. <laughs> you know, you know, this was our first chance running into people, basically, <laughs> is in this line. So, you know, people were breaking out impromptu swag trades. There was <laughs> lots of... <laughs> hugs going around so it it helped you know the time go by faster so so that was pretty cool um so yeah that was my first day on wednesday doing that plus also it was um droid drop off so we unloaded our r2 unit and set them up in the droid builder's room so do either of you guys even make it to the droid builder's room i felt like we were way on the far side (laughs) away from everything else yeah, I made it there eventually. It was indeed a, um, you know, once you, I guess, got the lay of the land, you knew where to go, but you were definitely a bit out of the way, for sure. Yeah. But um, once inside, it was it was very smooth. It wasn't overcrowded whatsoever. And um, you could take, you know, all the pictures you wanted without, you know, being, without asking for somebody to move, you know, aside for a second. So it was really well laid out, I have to say. Um, it had a nice flow to it. And then, um, yeah, it was like almost like a museum. You know, you get in on the right, you leave on the left. Um, mm-hmm. So that was really nice. I like that, yeah. I saw the R2 room and wow, I was so impressed. Um, I, I had seen it in Orlando too, two years earlier, and it was great. You know, like they had sort of little stanchions on each side. And so it, was, it did feel almost like you were in a, a Disneyland kind of tour, right? You're going, you're looking at all the exhibits on, you know, on each side. And then with the, uh, 
with Chicago, wow, I mean, they easily doubled, if not tripled the space. And, you know, they had that large, uh, uh, you know, uh, item in the middle with K2SO standing there, you know, hovering like over you. He must have, you know, because he was up on a stage and he's looking down, he's like, he must have been easily like nine feet tall. And, uh, and then you go over to the left a little bit more and then they've got that whole droid builders um, uh, area, like where the jaw was, you can see, I've got all these different parts and, and with little special effects and sounds and everything. it was so impressive. Yeah, it was a very cool setup. Yeah. Our, our R2 was actually right by K2SO. So that was our, um, there was like three segments to it and we were in that first segment. As you so. walked in, um, a little shout out to one of my garrison members here. As you walked in, there was the um, a, a C-3PO, essentially. Yeah, it was yeah, C-3PO. Um, and Chris Lee, um, he, built, he built him, and it was, um, I don't want to use the wrong word here, but it was, um, how was it, how was it, how, how did he move it? He moved it by, um, it was... Oh, yeah, I'm not sure the mechanics, but, but I know he was yeah. trying to go after uh, the Star Tours... Yes. basically C-3PO. So the, the one that you see up on the the pedestal when you're mm-hmm. going into the Star Tours ride with the shuttle and R2 off to the side. So it was basically that. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I was following his... his build on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, 3D printing the parts and all of mm-hmm. the mechanisms inside. And I think he yeah. was like still programming it that, you know, that first day there. <laughs> Yeah, it was really, it was really, it was really good. Yeah, um, and then um, going back to the museum type um, atmosphere, the lighting was was so well done that um, you know all the lights from all the R two, you know R four, R five units, whatever, they all came very well to uh, you know fruition. It's it was very very well done. Whoever had a hand in that uh, lighting system, um, you know, hats off to him or her. Yeah. yeah. At first, when I walked in there, I'm like, wow, it seems so dark. I was worried how, you know, people's pictures were going to come out. But but then you realize, like, these are, you can't really, the, all the lights get washed out on the droids if you have it too bright. So, yes. Yeah. All right. So, what what else did we do? So, then the first day of the convention itself, Thursday, um, I was hoping to do, like you were kind of mentioning earlier, get a, a lay of the land type thing so that for the rest of the convention, I wasn't wasting my time walking the wrong way. Um, unfortunately, we decided to get into the line for the Celebration store. At, oh. Yeah. at like We got in line at like 1030 in the morning, and we checked out at about 645 in the oh evening. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> so that was my whole Thursday, basically. Now, I understand that the uh, the app was, you know, not working properly as far as reservations go, etc. Would that have had any impact on your your Thursday trip to the store? Yeah, definitely. Because um, initially our plan was, you know, we were going to go through the app, pick out the things we know we really wanted, and then go back to the store later to just kind of window shop or impulse buy kind of things. Mm -hmm. But it got to the point when we were in line that we had just been in that line for so long that you can't get out of the line. It was (laughs) one of those, like, (laughs) we need to, you know, just stick it out. So unfortunately, we didn't pack snacks and, you know, oh, but we got through it and we got, um, all of the stuff that we wanted to buy, where is previous celebrations, by the time we get to the store, everything's all sold out that we wanted mm-hmm. anyways. So so I guess did it was worth it in the end. Did you get everything that you needed? Yes. Good. Yeah. yeah. It didn't help that the cash registers crashed after the first customer. Um, yeah. And I don't know how long it Wi-Fi took to issues fix or that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. But it wasn't... Uh, that's, I think that caused a lot of delay and, you know, heartache. And I heard about that several days into the convention. So uh, I don't know if it did get fixed. It did eventually. Um, yeah. They did set up in, another uh, 10 or 12 additional systems as well, um, sort of impromptu, that weren't there after the first day. 
um, to kind of speed up the the checkout process. Um, but the um, I think that I don't know how the lines were after the first day, um, but it's um, I, I can only um, mirror what um, Nikki was saying that a lot of those things were still available um, towards the end of the, the convention, so they did um, well with their inventory. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I guess they are their projections as well. And I think the the T-shirts um, that they had, I can't speak for any other merchandise, but the T-shirts were, um, you know, continuously printed as as they became, you know, low in, in size and stock. So and, they and had, re- a, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to ask: Was that something that were they screen printing them right there, or is that something that they were bringing in from offsite? Uh, they were <clears throat> printing uh, maybe. F- two or four, no, 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 at least four or six designs uh, on site. They had like a, an actual, you know, print machine there, mm-hmm. like a printer. Um, but the ones, <clears throat> the t-shirts that were sort of in the, uh, towards the back of the room, those were, um, those were restocked. Um, and I think those were uh, printed, uh, off, you know, obviously off site, but um, as they became low again, they, they restocked them and then, I think everybody had had a chance to get what they needed. Uh, great. They had a massive selection of t-shirts. Like yeah. pre- previous times, it was just basically celebration-centric more mm-hmm. so. But there had to have been like 40 different t-shirts at least. Sure. There, yeah. was, there was like four racks of 10 t-shirts, I think, plus mm-hmm. all the other kind of apparel. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it looked like they had ones for all of the badge designs, right, with all the individual characters. Mhm. Yep, my daughter picked out Lando. That was the one that she liked. Oh, nice. I didn't see that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I had to get the BB-8 pizza. <laughs> that was my favorite one. Yeah. So, oh, I'd really like to know how many celebrations have each of us gone to? Oh, that was my ninth. Oh, my ninth. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, you so well, and there have been only nine in the U.S. So, have you done all of them, or have you done uh, some of the European and Japanese ones? No, I've done um, seven of the ones in the U.S. and then two in Europe. The last two in Europe. Yeah. Oh gosh! Wow, that's incredible. I'm willing to bet I, I have the least amount under my belt. Uh, <laughs> and how many is that, Joe? Um, two and a half. <laughs> What's the half? Yeah, the, I, I sense to, a good uh, story here. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I went to Celebration Six in Orlando in twenty. Uh, what year was that? Twelve. Uh, twenty twelve. Uh, I was there for um, uh, the Saturday and the Sunday, and uh, the very last hour of the Friday there, because I was, you know, a working man back then. I still am, just not as much. And uh, let's see, I went to Celebration Anaheim, obviously. Because uh, that's in my backyard. I'm looking forward to next year, mm-hmm. and uh, that's it. Uh, there was a celebration in Los Angeles in 2007, but I was only there for like an hour because uh, <laughs> I was a busy guy. That so, counts. So that's my half day. So I think this was my seventh because I went to the two in Indianapolis, uh, uh-huh. five and six that were in Orlando, Anaheim. Mm-hmm the new Orlando and then mm-hmm. Chicago. Oh, wow. We've got, we've got some real celebration veterans here. Um, <laughs> I went to uh, celebration four in Los Angeles, um, but that was way before I was ever involved in any of the Legion activities. Um, and then um, I joined the Legion actually the same week that Anaheim celebration or celebration Anaheim uh, started up. So that was my first one after being in the Legion. So yeah, I've done Anaheim, Orlando, and Chicago, kind of, you know, all back to back. Nice. Yeah, I joined uh, the Legion in uh, right before Celebration Anaheim. So Todd, you and I are about the same as far as longevity is concerned yeah. in the Legion. Uh, I think I joined the Legion in March of 2015, and then the next month was Celebration Anaheim. Uh, and but I was involved with the clubs right after Celebration Los Angeles. I think I kind of mm. the, the very very brief period that I was there. I that was when I realized, oh, there's a whole fan community, uh, you know, and that's what turned me. And then the following year, that's when I started getting involved first with Fan Force, and then uh, the beginnings of Saber Guild around 2009, 2010, the Dark Empire, and then ultimately I came to Five O First, which is my main affiliation now. 
there's a there's a lot of uh, a lot of years, a lot of uh, history there now with all the people on this podcast. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> so if uh, if you guys don't mind, I'd like to ask then, what made this one different than all the other ones that you've attended? What was like the main standout? Hmm. I got to say, even though I wasn't there, I saw. Uh, on social media, it was almost like being there. Uh, I kind of kept my my presence on Facebook mute uh, while I was just watching everything because I uh, I just was just taking it all in. I mean, they live streamed a lot of the panels on YouTube, so I watched some of those. Uh, and I got to say, with what I saw on social media, the the just the costumes, not just the five hundred first stuff, but look across the board, some of the creativity. I think this year was even more. Uh, exceptional than I think previous celebrations. I saw some stuff like, uh, uh, where do I begin? I mean, there was the uh, the guy in the pink shorts with the boom mic, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, uh, so many others. So I, I, if I had to guess just from an outside perspective, I would say it, w- it would be the costumes. Oh, excellent. That's yeah, good to know. Yeah, because, yeah, the costumes were excellent. There was a, uh, a Facebook group of that you could join and that would um, – list all the photo, you know, group photos uh, coming up. And there were so many different types of photo schedule, you know, Sailor Moon, you know, Star Wars crossover, um, you know, you know, Sith and, and, and uh, Clone Wars. And so it was a lot of different um, opportunities, I guess, to get your, you know, to, to uh, take, you know, get your picture taken. Um, but it was, I mean, there was every day there was something going on. Um, you know, small group, big group, you know, whatever, um, all throughout. So it was pretty, that was pretty incredible to, to, uh, to see, um, what was actually, you know, scheduled and, you know, like Ahsoka, you know, save Ahsoka or, or, um, so there were, you know, tons of Ahsokas and, and Dave Filoni showed up and that was, that was pretty cool. So that was just like, like Joe said, um, a lot of cool costumes, a lot of good ideas, you know, sometimes that. I didn't even recognize what that is. You know, it's something Star Wars, but I don't know what the source is. Um, so it was, it was almost like I've never been to, but you know, like a little bit like, like a small dragon con when it comes to the creativity of, of people showing up in costumes. Yeah. I thought there were some great mashups. I saw a, uh, Captain America stormtrooper that, at, uh, that oh, one was, yeah. Like, yeah, you saw that one. Yeah. You had the shield mm-hmm. and everything. It just, it was really well done. Probably my favorite one that I'd never seen before. It was amazing. It was just a simple addition to a costume, but I had never seen it before. And so it, and it, the effect was fantastic. And it was the, uh, there was one fellow who was doing, uh, older, uh, Luke, you know, like from The Force Awakens. But he had this light blue kind of, uh, tool material draped over him. So it looked like he was shimmering like a Force ghost. Mm-hmm. I saw him too. Yeah, that that one really sticks out in my mind. So you guys probably had a much more exciting Thursday than I did since I was stuck in the store. What else did you guys get to do on the first day? <clears throat> um, that was shopping only, right? No panels yet? Not really, yeah. Okay. Um, I just walked the show floor. That was probably my what I did that day. Um, and yeah, I mean, just seeing everything, um, the, the galaxy's edge setup that they had, that was incredible. Oh. You saw, yeah, I didn't the, realize that that was going to change every day. Oh, did so, it? Yeah, yeah. So the, the stuff that you got to see as far as what they're going to be offering for sale within galaxy's edge changed every day. So I only got oh. there on Monday so I got to see, you know, some stuff. But when I peeked through um, inside the booth a different day, there were these droids. And I'm like, oh, we'll have to go back and see that tomorrow. Well, they weren't there <laughs> because they the stuff. So that was something that I kind of wish I had known. I would have made a better effort to try to visit it once a day. I didn't realize they were going to change out their stuff. So is this uh, things that they were selling or is it just kind of like in a case no, where you can kind of was- see these? Is, yeah, this is what they'll have. Yeah, it, it was actually like a, a curated demo, basically. Mm-hmm. They had uh, 
staff cast members there explaining what the stuff was and you know where it was going to be for sale and so nothing was actually for sale it was you know they were just explaining what was going to be available um well thursday was the bash right yep that was thursday night uh, the tail end of the day yeah so before i went to the bash actually um say that was uh, my first full day there so uh my uh, my girlfriend and i had uh, decided to just spend the day sightseeing so we went to just visit chicago and you know did the whole mm-hmm. architectural boat tour and and things like that and uh it was uh yeah really enjoyed it but yeah i didn't really get to the con until uh i can't remember what time it closed but about an hour before closing i finally you know did get a chance to go onto the show floor and take a quick look around yeah i guess to go back to something that todd had said earlier how this one differs um from all the previous ones I've done is it at least some of the more recent ones, I, the Indianapolis ones were too long ago for me to remember. <laughs> um, but it seemed uh, more spread out uh, at this complex and, mm-hmm. and so less crowded. It felt like there was a lot of people, but I didn't feel there's been, you know, giant conventions that I've gone to with based on my height, I get, like crowd panic, basically, because um, there's been conventions I've been in where they have had the fire marshal, you know, close the doors that the facilities at capacity. You know, it's like huge amount of people. This one, it didn't feel at all crowded to me. And I didn't feel like I couldn't see what was going on because there was, you know, too many people in the aisles or whatever. So mm-hmm. whereas there is. You're right. Nikki, you're right. It was it was spread out. It, it maybe helped that, you know, things were on different floors. Uh, the food court was on, you know, floor two, and then uh, the drawing room was on floor one, and then, you know, three was the store and the um, the main, you know, the dealer's you know, room. So I think it was, um, and a lot of, a lot of um, pathways led out of the convention center as well. So it wasn't all, you know, a bottleneck. Um, there were at least, you know, four exits, to different hotels and in the street. And so I think that helped kind of disperse in the crowds as well. I think flow, flow wise, it was very well done. Um, I never felt, um, stuck, you know, in a way, or I never, you know, panic never set in like what you described. Yeah. I think the layout was really good with, uh, one exception. I think they didn't allow enough room for, uh, viewers to, uh, see the celebration stage. Uh, I know in Orlando, there was a huge area, you know, under the big TIE fighter where people could, you know, just stand and watch the uh, the simulcast. Um, but I mean, when I guess, uh, you know, now I'm starting to before I skip ahead, we start talking about Friday. But you know, on Friday morning, the, it was just so packed. Every aisle vendors couldn't sell anything. But we can get into more detail when we get to Friday. So I didn't get to go to the bash. So you guys will have to fill me in on how that was. Hey, that's okay. where Marcus and I met. Unbeknownst. Yeah, we didn't know it until the next day, though. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was uh, off-site. Um, it was at a museum of, what is it, science and Industry. technology? Industry. Um, it was maybe a you know 10-minute taxi ride or Uber ride, and then it was raining or snowing? It was raining, right? It was yeah, it was raining. Def- definitely very cold, very windy. It was raining, but the uh, getting inside was was fairly, fairly um, quick. And then once we were inside, we had to go to the basement, I believe, or the ground floor of the museum to check in. We got our, um, we had to show our our previously picked up, um, um, you know, ticket or, or, or badge, and then we were able to. From that point on, we were able to roam. I think as we wanted, right? There was no, there were there were restrictions. You know, it was it was where we couldn't go. It was obvious, but uh, it was pretty much free reign. We could look at all the exhibits, um, submarines and airplanes and anything. Yeah, it was, it was great. You know, it was fully yeah. staffed with docents and um, mm-hmm. yeah. The uh, the only line I actually really encountered was actually to get in. There was a line for uh, people to mm-hmm. get their red carpet photo taken. Yeah, you know, because everybody looked fantastic. Uh, you know, there there was the I'd say a wide range of 
you know, clothing, but so many people had really taken the Canto Bite theme to heart and done some really great costumes. Mm-hmm. If you, uh, I think if you take a look at Chief Geek uh, Photography's uh, page, you know, Brandon Jackson, he, he, he did a lot of photos and you can kind of go through and just and a lot of people. Yeah, I didn't see because I think there were 3000 people there. Uh, I think that was the, uh, the total ticket sold. And uh, but yeah, costumes are wonderful. I recommend just uh, looking through that uh, photo album. Yeah, we yeah. can link to that in our show notes. And just like just like the show floor or the you know the convention center, it was so spread out that I, you know, never felt um, I had to push my way through to get you know to the other side or to to see something. It was um, you know where the stage was. Um, it was a bit more crowded there because people were you know dancing and and, um, and cheering. But otherwise, it was you know there were there were also quiet areas too um, where you couldn't hear the music at all, and that was. That was good too, just to get a breather and, uh, you know, have an ice cream. So all the food and all the drinks were free, which was, which was good too. It, it, I really had a great time, you know, and it seemed like uh, everybody else did too, that at least I talked to you could, yeah, uh, there's so many different activities. So yeah, you could go off and, you know, go and take a look at the museum exhibits or you come back. They had, uh, set up a lot of casino gaming tables, right? When we had arrived, we got a little, um, a velvet bag full of uh, a few casino mm-hmm. chips and it was great the casino chips represented each club of the uh you know the galactic senate all of the 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 costuming clubs working together right so uh there was one chip for it representing each of the clubs and you could go and then trade those in at the tables and yeah they had blackjack and craps and roulette um i think that might have been poker i'm not sure but uh Everybody was having fun with that, and they had, uh, you know, several um, beverage and food stations set up on different levels throughout. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was such a unique venue. Um, it, it'll be hard to duplicate or or top it. Um, not that this is the goal of each bash, you know, but um, <laughs> it was something definitely long remembered because of the theme, and people really took it to heart, like you said, to um, get dressed and. Uh, make it really a you know canto bite night um so that was um really really well done i have to say and you know if you look at the outside of the museum it's you know it's it's your typical you know museum like uh you know a lot of uh brownstone and then and, and columns and just just standing in front of it was just was already amazing you know you didn't know what would ins- uh, what, what would wait inside for you, but it was it definitely surpassed anything I I, I could have imagined, or, or and, I, and I did imagine. So they had this. Uh, did you do this, Todd? They had this this um, I guess um, tornado set up in a way. Yes, yeah, got some great pictures in there. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was like a, a tornado, maybe I don't know, forty feet high, and you could stand in the middle of it, and it. You know, it wouldn't obviously carry you away, but it would. Um, you would definitely, you definitely felt the breeze from from below, and um, you know, people took videos and pictures, and uh, it was that was pretty amazing. Yeah, awesome. and that lasted till what? Till two a.m. or I think it was about two. Yeah. Okay. You know, and, and talking about the front of the uh, museum, I, it kind of felt like you know any moment like a. Uh, an Audi would pull up and Tony Stark would get out, you know, <laughs> there are all these cars just pulling up on this kind of big rounded kind of driveway up in front. And it was, it was and everybody was just looking so beautiful, you know, it was, it, it, was, it, it was quite an event. Yeah. And the way we met, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <it> was, <laughs> so, you know, a lot of people had, you know, candle by themes, but a lot of people also wore their, um, opposite, um, you know, stormtrooper, opposite and um so there must have been at least at least a dozen or more of those uh suits around and that's that's where you know todd and i took a took a selfie and um you know again the next day i I realized oh wait if i if i just would have known um that this is my co-host but um yeah (laughs) so yeah it was it was um again in summary it was a it was a great um Great venue, great idea. I cannot imagine how much work was involved in, in planning all this. So 
hats off to whoever did it. You know, um, absolutely incredible. Yeah, completely agree. I'm sure the planning committee put so much work into that. And I know there's a lot to consider when, uh, you know, trying to decide what to do and where, et cetera. And I, I just think it was uh, amazing all around. It, it turned out wonderful. Cool. Yeah, I had to unfortunately make the choice of, because I had my kids with me, which to do. And we opted for the banquet um, because kids are allowed at the banquet, but not the bash, at least not without putting them into the kids bash childcare thing. Um, but so it's always uh, one of those decisions we have to make. And we, we kind of went based on our experiences from the last celebration. And we ended up having more fun at the banquet last year than the bash. So we're like, we'll just skip the bash this time. But you know, then it's always hindsight. I wish we had managed a way to be able to do both, but that's the thing with, that way. you know, with, with con- conventions, you know, any convention, you know, like, like celebration or, uh, you know, other ones that size, there's always choices to be made, right? I didn't go to the banquet. So it's like, you know, you have, you, you have to weigh one thing versus mm-hmm. the other. Yep. So then we start getting into the programming days of the convention. And obviously, most of our listeners are probably familiar with the lottery system that we all had to go through in order to get to the big panels. So um, there was the four uh, big panels for the next four days, the Episode Nine, Galaxy's Edge, The Mandalorian, and uh, Phantom Menace. So I managed to get two out of the four. I got Episode Nine and The Mandalorian. So that's what started off my Friday. Is wow. Trying to figure out how to get over uh, And uh, I got into the Wintrust Arena itself versus one of the screening rooms. Um, mm-hmm. So that was even extra cool. Um, so I don't know. It sounds like, Todd, you tried to watch it from the show floor. Correct. Yeah. I did. Um, and apparently, um, I guess, yeah. It was packed. I ended up watching it, actually. There was a um, an upper level uh, where they had a food court, right? And so I decided to watch it from up there rather than just standing on the on the floor below. And, um, it, yeah, it was it was packed. I say like, there was people just everywhere packing all the aisles, anywhere and they could see a screen. You know, it was it, it was amazing. So, Marcus, how did you end up watching it? Um, I was also in the Winchester arena <clears throat> and yeah, it was, um, definitely an experience. Um, it, it loses <clears throat> some of its, um, impact, I guess, if you're not in the room, but, um, I can only imagine how it was on the, uh, show floor and, you know, on the, at the Star Wars stage because, um, I'm sure the electricity there, it was also, you know, immense. Um, but just, you know, watching, um, you know, speaking of the trailer, watching the trailer there, and then you know, Ian McDermott steps out and you know asked to roll it again, and then you know the that was like the you know the the moment like the the you know true we're home moment, I guess even if even it wasn't part of the trailer per se, but um, you know he followed up right you know after his laugh uh, in in the trailer, so it wasn't there was no question about the you know who the laugh belong to in the trailer mm-hmm. um so that you know just <clears throat> just witnessing that was uh, incredible obviously i mean the wave of emotion just you know carries you forward and uh, you know there's no you know you, you can't hold back you know even the most reserved person i think just you know completely freaked out i guess but um it was definitely definitely an experience for sure yeah no. Go ahead, I was, Todd. I was just going to say, uh, now, were either of you the, the type who would normally have like uh, slept out in line or anything in previous conventions to make sure you hit that first panel and, and get into it? Never. No. Um, I did it. I did in Indianapolis before uh, we brought the kids. Um, we waited in at Celebration 2, I think, for whatever panel George Lucas was going to be oh, part yeah. of. Yeah. Um, but then once we started bringing our kids to the convention, that just really wasn't practical. Um, so we had gotten into the like extra screening rooms um, at previous celebrations, um, and it was sort of the same feel, but it was mm-hmm. probably 
just like watching it on YouTube mm. or streaming or whatever. Um, so being able to have bring win the lottery and have my kids, and my husband get to watch it live at the Wintrust Arena was definitely the way to kick off celebration. I thought. So, so it's fair to say then that you're a, a uh, fan or in favor of the lottery system versus the, uh, having to sleep out to uh, to get a place. Yeah, I think it works. It works best for me. I know some people don't like it, and I was very disappointed that I didn't get Galaxy's Edge because um, that was one that I definitely wanted to see, um, and and I didn't make it to. Like if you didn't win the lottery, you didn't get it into the main room or the screening rooms. So the only way to see it would have been try to cram into the the Star Wars show area. And that just, that doesn't really work for me. <laughs> I don't like being confined into crowds at my height because I can't see much anyways. So, I mean, I probably would have still been able to see the screens because obviously they were elevated or do what you did and go up to the food court. Um, but it's just the... The anxiety crowd thing I would like to avoid if it if possible so how early did you have to get to the arena to uh, before getting in or not necessarily have to get there but how early did you get there um, I think we we sat in our seats for about an hour before um, the the event started um, we didn't really there wasn't really a line per se other than a delay for bag check. Uh, I don't remember when we headed over there, but it was it was pretty quick that they were getting people in um, and checking that you had the um, the QR code. So it was it was a really and it was even better for when I went later on for the Mandalorian um, as far as the lines went because obviously Episode Nine was the big draw. So overall, it was pretty efficient in uh, getting into the arena. Yeah. Um, it was almost a little too easy. I probably shouldn't say that. Um, but, but like when you get your, um, your lottery QR code, it tells you what section you were assigned. So we happen to be actually in section one, two, three. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but there was like nobody there directing you where to go. Nobody at the section to check that you're actually going into the section you're supposed to be going into. So I'm like, well, like, we could have sat like wherever we wanted. There was no assigned seats or anything. So it, it just seemed very, I don't know, freewheeling once but we got you, in there. <laughs> and you got into a panel later in the weekend. Had that changed? Uh, nope. No, oh. the Mandalorian. Well, I mean, I guess it did slightly change because we had floor seats and there were people, there were security people at the entrance to the floor seats. And she's just like, oh, you're on the left side. After she looked at my QR code. Mm -hmm. But if I were on one of the other upper sections, I don't know that I would have interacted with anyone. So, Joe, where uh, where were you when you first saw the trailer then? Did you watch the live stream of the panel or did you watch it later? Oh, I was at work. <laughs> I was taking a break, and um, I didn't watch the live version of, well, I guess you kind of did. I saw the panel. I was watching it on my phone, and uh, I, I kind of saw more of everybody's reaction to the trailer than, than I got to see of the trailer itself. I mean, I could see I could see bits of the trailer. You know, I saw Lando pop up. I about, um, you know, whatever I was eating during my break, I think I, I saw again after that. That was phenomenal I, I loved it mm -hmm. um and then finally after the panel when the trailer itself was on youtube i watched it again and then i could fully appreciate it more um but um i think i was as giddy watching that panel on my phone or what i saw of the panel i saw most of it uh, on my phone as people were that were there um because it was uh it was it was one of those nerdy uh, fanboy moments that you just had to had to watch and so i made a point uh, even though I was at work, to take a break, <laughs> you know, to schedule a break mm -hmm. period right there where I could uh, watch it on my phone. And uh, I was not disappointed. Yeah, I, I almost think it would be fair to say that Lando got the most applause when he came up on screen. Yeah, I think he did. I think he did. From what I heard, uh, it was, I was like, yes, that was what I wanted to see. And And he was wearing... Was it the same outfit or something very close to what he wore in Solo, that same yellow outfit? I think it was a yep. yellow shirt, yeah. yeah. 
trying to bring up the picture. Yeah, it was pretty much the yellow shirt with like the, but then it had like the black piping on the edges, almost like his blue Bespin shirt. So I could cross them so between yeah, yeah. Bespin and Solo. Pretty cool, pretty cool. And uh, all the droid builders were already um, trying to analyze the new Dio. Oh, yeah. the, the droid that they brought out <laughs> with uh, BB-8's friend, I guess. Um, and there was actually, um, there was that leaked poster that had gone out like probably a month ago at this point um, that had, you know, like C-3PO with the bandolier and I forgot what else was on the poster, but a little version of Dio was on the poster and uh, one of the droid builders replicated it as best he could based on the, the 2D oh, poster. Really? Oh. and that. Yeah, that was in the droid builder's room. It was kind of on, it was on K2SO's pedestal area, I think, with with the mouse droids. I didn't even Um, notice that. Well, I mean, he is pretty small. He's only about probably the height of a mouse droid, so he kind of blended in. Um, But you could kind of tell based on what, you know, he tried to guess on dimensions on this tiny little picture of a poster that um, he, the builder made him almost... I don't know how to describe it, like a 2D, 3D thing. Like he wasn't as round and dimensional as the one that they brought Mm -hmm. out on stage. But, you know, amazing considering he only had the one reference material to work with. So, but there's, there's already a whole group of deal builders, 3D printing parts and analyzing how to make a move like the um, one that was on stage, which I guess was, built specifically for celebration because they didn't have a practical working oh, uh, deal. So they had um, to make them for the stage. Much like they did with BB-8 for uh, the, um, in, was it Anaheim? Yeah, Anaheim. Yeah. Uh, right, because mm-hmm. yeah, they, that was the first time they really had a full working autonomous, well, not, not autonomous, but, you know, yeah, without the puppeteers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, actually, kind of skipping ahead, I went to a panel about uh, droids and animatronic creatures and they went through all the different versions of BB-8 and that one was kind of dubbed the red carpet version because he was able to work without any of the magic lost so to speak oh um, on Thursday I forgot I inducted a um, now an army member into the um Fire Force Legion, and Gaza Lopez, he's a collector and author. Um, he got the he got the induction experience on Thursday night right before the bash. Um, cool. So that was that was pretty cool, yeah. Oh wow. I, I think there was like twenty different people yeah, that were so inducted yeah. over the course of the weekend. It was yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, I saw uh, Paul Bettany was another yes. one. Um, who else? A lot of voice actors from Resistance. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know who else, but yeah, there's a whole. If you look, if you go to the forum, you can see all the all the recent dates and who all got uh, inducted. Yeah, it was a long list. I was surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, and, and yeah. to backtrack just for a moment, there, speaking of resistance, I did really like how in the droid builders room, uh, somebody had made a uh, bucket mm-hmm. from yeah from Star Wars <laughs> Resistance. That yeah. that was cool. I, I got a thrill out of that. Yeah, actually, that's one of the. Um, other things that we did on Friday, it was the first day of the droid races. Um, so if you guys had seen um, near the multi-club area mm-hmm. on the exhibit floor, there was kind of like this little obstacle course racetrack thing um, that the droid builders do every celebration, uh, not only for Astromex, um, but they also have mouse droid races. This year they added um, land speeder races, those uh, those kids' vehicles mm-hmm. that were had been at Toys R Us. Uh, a lot of people scooped him up uh, when Toys R Us was closing, and they did uh, land speeder races out of those. Um, but Bucket was supposed to race on Friday, but then he malfunctioned. <laughs> so, which kind of seemed almost appropriate given his physical <laughs> appearance. That it's, it's in character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, but our droid got to race, so that was pretty exciting. We did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, we did pretty well on Friday. Then uh, on Saturday, there was the second set of races. And so we were absolutely thrilled that we won. You did. I yeah. 
So mm-hmm. we we were the fastest droid that was able to complete the obstacle course uh, between the two days. There was um, there was a smaller astromech uh, that was, I don't remember his designation. He's about the size of Chopper, like that size of an astromech. Um, I think he was like within a second oh, wow. uh, time-wise of us. So he got um, the award on Friday. And then my son, who was driving our R2, got the, it was like basically a Medal of Yavin um, <clears throat> that he got for Saturday. And he wore that for like the next week after. So <laughs> he was like so proud of this medal. So he wore it everywhere. And we were like pointing it out to people. It was like, that was definitely our our bragging rights for the for Celebration Chicago. Congratulations. Um, That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Our, the first time we had entered him was um, Orlando because we couldn't bring him out to Anaheim. Um, and Orlando, we came in like seventh out of, it was like 25 droids, I think, that competed there. Mm-hmm. So ever since Orlando, we had been working, tried to improve him so that he would do better for the races. So we were very, very, very happy. Um, so the other thing that we did on Friday was, um, after the convention, was the annual swag trade. Mm-hmm. So that oh, was... Oh, yeah. <laughs> was like slightly organized chaos. <laughs> <laughs> this was the first time that they had um, kind of assigned tables to some of the bigger traders, um, which my husband is. So it was kind of nice to have a dedicated area to spread out all of our stuff and whatnot. But then it changes the dynamic of how you can trade because then you're kind of stuck at your table and you have to wait for people to come to you versus Mm -hmm. being able to go around and see what is at the other tables. He didn't really get a chance to do that. But I think we did pretty good. You know, there was a lot of the traders, um, they post their daily pictures on the, the hotel beds, sp- all spread out of yeah. what they got each day. So I think uh, I think we filled like the, uh, the king size bed that was in the room. So <laughs> I think we did pretty good. And that's where uh, you and I got to meet for the first time, Nikki. Yes, that's true. Yeah, so that was that was great. Yeah, because uh, saw you and your husband there at the table in the corner. It was actually one of the first stops I went to because a lot of my garrison mates were were actually right around you as well. <laughs> yeah, we were like on the opposite corner from the door. So yeah, but it worked out. That that trade was wow. Um, it, it's funny because my my first celebration, you know, uh, after joining the Legion was Anaheim, and I, I literally got my ID that Monday. And, you know, and Celebration Anaheim started that Thursday. I didn't know anything about the swag trading or anything. Once I started seeing this going on in the hotels, I was like, what have I walked into and how do I get involved? You know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so by the time Orlando came around, I had two years under my belt. I knew a little bit more. I knew I had to, you know, I, I made sure to take some stuff with me and. I was still woefully unprepared. <laughs> so, so this time I probably quadrupled, you know, all my, everything I was bringing and everything ready to really get into it. And I had a blast. It was, uh, it, it was, I wouldn't say overwhelming, but it was just, there were so many people to trade with. I know at one point I had just made it around the uh, exterior of the room halfway and it had been like two hours. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then it was like I don't know if you saw like sitting next to our table was like a large travel suitcase that was filled with more stuff oh, that no. that we couldn't put out on the table. So we'd like put out on the table stuff that I could trade without supervision basically. <laughs> like and then stuff in the suitcase was stuff that my husband needed to you know trade for something that he was specifically looking for and I don't know what he needs to look for. Um, but I was like constantly brokering deals while he was trying to do another trade. So I will like tap him on the shoulder. Do you want this for this? And he'll like give me a yay or nay. So it was because we had like probably four people at a time trying to make different kinds of trades mm-hmm. with different stuff all at the same time. And so, whew, yeah, it was a little overwhelming, but it's a lot of fun. Um, 
and and that's just the 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 mass swag trade night then like the night before and probably even the night before that uh in the hotel lobbies and all the nights after there was tons more swag trading going always. on yeah. always yeah <laughs> If any of our listeners don't uh, aren't in the 501st yet, know what we mean by the swag trade. Essentially, there's uh, we have patches and coins, uh, typically uh, pins too, but primarily patches and coins that get made for different garrisons or detachments, um, etc. And typically, you can only get them if you're a member of those. So something like celebration is such a wonderful time to meet people from all these different garrisons from around the world and detachments that uh, you don't nobody know anybody in where you can actually go and then trade a patch and and build your collection. And it's so much easier for uh, for traders, especially at the international traders, especially the international coin traders, because postage is so expensive nowadays, especially if you want to trade with someone internationally. Um, and patches sometimes can be uh, slipped through, so to speak, in a regular envelope, but coins are too thick. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're like tripling the cost of the coin when you try to trade. So people really try to do that in person uh, at celebration and big events that draw uh, crowds like this because it's way easier to just trade in person than try to do it through the mail and hope it goes through the mail. And mm-hmm. so Marcus, do you uh, collect any merch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Um, I was uh, my first trade, um, event, so to say, was was in Orlando two years ago, and just like you were, I was completely underprepared and not not too well stocked. I still got you know my total experience out of it, but this year, so I got my trading list in my right back pocket. I got my trades in my left pocket, uh, left hand in the zipper ziplock bag. Um, the things I got were in my right hand, so I was um, constantly you know. Switching hands and then uh, looking in the pockets in my hands for for stuff, but I, I was much better prepared this time. And um, it was I'm mostly doing uh, patches, and yeah, it was totally totally worth worth my while for sure. And it's there's so much electricity in that room, mm-hmm. um, and the noise level is um, just like in a you know on a flea market. And uh, but it was it was pretty incredible. And then obviously seeing people that you haven't seen, you know, in, in ever or in two years or, um, you know, seeing some, you know, some old patches that you always wanted or an old, a coin or, um, there's always this, this one Holy grail that you look for. And um, if you see it and if you're lucky to get it, then it makes it even better. And so, did yeah. that happen to you? Did you get your holy grail, um, one you've been looking for for a long time? I, I got a few things. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a. I, I try to fill my uh, garrison outpost squad list. Um, that's my goal to get one of each. I know there's some that are nearly unattainable because I think one you have to actually troop in that, in that country or in that squad, like in Scotland. So that's probably out of the question to actually get it. But um, there's. I, I was looking for some some Wilbur hood patches, which I which I found and. Um, so that was um, it. Was definitely definitely a, a big uh, a big uh, you know check off my off my list uh, what I was looking for. So yeah, excellent. Uh, Joe, how about you? I'm not really a huge uh, swag or uh, merchandise collector anymore. There was one time when I had an autograph collection that covered. Multiple walls of my apartment. Uh, you couldn't go in through the front door without seeing autographs from everybody from Alec Guinness to Dave Prowse. To, uh, the list goes on and on and on. And, uh, well, I'm just not into that stuff yep. anymore. So I'm not really much of a merch collector mm-hmm. now. I've got some challenge coins that pertain to the, the 501st and my garrison and all that. But that's that's really about it. Yeah. <laughs> and Nick, yep. Nikki, now you said you and your husband had a, a- big table set up is is there a, a focus that you guys collect um we pretty much stick to uh 501st unit patches or uh, event patches sometimes the personal patches if they have a character on them that we costume as or 
or something. Um, it it got a little more interesting with our our daughter sitting at the table because a lot of things would catch her eye that are different than necessarily what dad was looking for. So it was some of the <laughs> trades were, uh, were thwarted when uh, she wanted to keep some of the patches that dad was trying to trade away. But, um, but yeah, we try to, we tried to make a focus, but really when the focus is just all official 501st rebel legion patches, it's, it gets pretty big. <laughs> you, you really do have to, you know, focus though, because there's, there's so many different, uh, you know, things that, you know, you, you can't collect everything. You really have to kind of choose a topic and dial in on it. Yeah. Like since I costume as a Jawa, usually anything Jawa catches my eye. Um, uh, my son is one of the Inferno squad troopers. So anything with either Inferno squad or tie pilots on it, you know, we usually keep an eye out for, um, so that's kind of our, our sub focus past unit patches. Are you done cataloging, <clears throat> cataloging everything after? <laughs> I think the suitcase is still in the van. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had uh, we actually got a, a new van uh, before this trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one, and we've been using our, our older van for all the daily driving. So the van that we drove out to Chicago was pretty much just still sitting there as it was when it came back from <laughs> Chicago. We like slowly have been taking out stuff, but I think the, the big patch suitcase is one of the things that's still in there. So yeah, not cataloged. <laughs> Actually, I found the list of um, some of the honorary members that we were that we inducted over the course of Ooh, celebration. Um, so uh, John Favreau, obviously, um, everyone, even if you they don't recognize his name from the Marvel cinematic universe or his face um, are going to know him soon uh, as mm-hmm. the lead on the Mandalorian uh, lead producer director um, so Chris D who is um, so there was two I don't know if people are familiar with the art show and the art prints and how they have this whole um, pre-order process so there were two art prints from the art show that I wanted to make sure that I got because they're they only have like fifty on hand uh, at celebration after the pre order thing, um, so Christie's clone um, print was one of them, and Karen Allian's um, Leia and Luke print was the other one. So it's very cool to see him inducted. Um, Paul Bettany that we mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, Dryden Voss, uh, Aaron Kellyman, who is Emphis Nest from Solo. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's and, right. So that was pretty cool. We had an Emphis Ness costumer go along for that presentation. So that was nice. Um, Janina G- Gavankar, I think is how you say your name. Um, mm-hmm. Iden Versio, the voice and the face for Battlefront 2 uh, Inferno mm-hmm. Squad. Yeah, she was actually one. There, so there was only two autographs that we went after that weekend. And she was one of them because my son dresses as Inferno Squad. And oh, cool. she was she was so cool with him. So. So my son's 16, so, you know, not he's probably never going to listen to this, but teenager, beautiful woman. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was a little concerned that he was going to be, you know, starstruck or whatever, but she played it so cool. Like, she, when we walked up to the table, she looked at him, and she's like, what's up? You know, she was, like, being real casual, and she's like, look at you, you look dope. <laughs> so it was just so cool that she, you know, how she, you know, interacted with us. So, so that was nice. Um, oh, Ahmed Best. I mean, he's uh, certainly yes. long overdue, but um, it, you know, it's hard to make these presentations uh, other than places like conventions. So yeah. it, was, it was awesome that uh, he was able to come to celebration. Um, Hugh Corshi, who is Captain Panaka. Uh, he was oh, uh, yeah. overdue inductee, I guess. Um, Jet Lucas, who played Zet Juckis in the prequels. Also, obviously, if you can guess by the last name, George Lucas's son. Um, hmm. He was the Jedi that was on the um, not landing strip, that walkway with um, Bail Organa. Um, platform. Was, uh, platform, yeah. So that was his key scene. 
um, DJ Elliot and Mark Daniel. They were mm-hmm. they were very entertaining. Um, so they were the the hosts for the celebration stage, which was the Wintrust Arena. Um, so that they kept us, you know, entertained the whole hour that we were sitting there waiting for the the panel to start. So very cool that they got inducted. Um, okay, then these are going to be a bunch of new people that probably people don't recognize. Susie McGrath, she is one of the voices for from Star Wars Resistance. Tamra Bora. Um, Scott Lawrence, another voice actor from Star Wars Resistance. He does Jarek Yeager. Um, Paul Casey, who um, I'm not quite sure if he, perf- I don't, I think he performed Admiral Raddus in Rogue One because I think Stephen Stanton did the voice of Admiral Raddus. That sounds right. I'm not 100%, but he obviously did something with Admiral Raddus. I think he performed him. Um, Myrna Velasco, who does the voice of Tora Doza for Star Wars Resistance. Um, Captain Nita, Michael Culver. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if he had been at a previous celebration to have had the chance to induct him. So, so that was pretty cool. Um, Elizabeth Schaefer, uh, she's an author for some of the Star Wars books. Bobby Moynihan is Orca on Star Wars Resistance, so another mm-hmm. voice yeah. actor. Uh, another one from Resistance, Christopher Sean, uh, Kazuda Zinio. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but his character name, I should say. Um, another, oh, this one is um, Admiral Statura from The Force Awakens, uh, played by Ken Leong. So we inducted him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that is my list, but obviously, um, Gus Lopez isn't on this list. So mm. we got, we got the two, it. um, starwars.com hosts as well. They were inducted live on stage. Andy Gutierrez and Anthony Carboni. Great. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll try to get the, yeah. uh, the full list in our show notes, but yeah, lots and lots of inductions. Mm-hmm. Um, I only helped partially with, um, the Galactic Academy was also inducting oh, that's cool. some honorary members. Um, and we we had a list of maybe like six that we thought we would go after. We narrowed it down to Brian Herring, who is the BB-8 puppeteer, mm-hmm. and uh, Steve Sansweet, um, obviously. Large Star Wars collector uh, and owner of Rancho Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was, two was enough <laughs> for the Galactic Academy to manage, but based mm-hmm. on the size that staff versus the 501st Legion staff. Um, so, so that was really exciting. The, the, you know, kids got to, to help out with those inductions. Well, we've been recording here for about an hour. Is there um, anything, I don't want to cut us short, but then again, well, just for the listener's sake, I think maybe we should. Is there anything from uh, the, the several days that you were there that you that stood out to you to any of you maybe if we could do like a round table is there anything mm-hmm. that uh, you, you took home that maybe a memory that just topped them all um, the the you know the five of first group picture is always you know very entertaining um, to get everybody lined up and um, then finally you know take the picture um, you know grown at latecomers you know in a, in a funny way. Um, so that's that's always something I look forward to, and that was definitely a highlight again this year. Um, same as with the Rebel Legion picture, um, that was the day before uh, Sound Saturday. Um, that was also pretty pretty awesome, just to see what everybody brought, you know, to the convention. Um, and so we had some, you know, really unique <clears throat> unique characters there, and um, just seeing, you know, maybe all the, you know, ceremonial Princess Leia's in one spot, you know. Ten of them, fifteen to fifteen of them. That was that was pretty pretty good. Um, so those those two things um, always stand out in my opinion, and that's they didn't disappoint again this year. We had a good you know good great turnout, and um, you know hats off to everybody who who brought in their armor and and you know everything else. So the, to me that was definitely definitely a highlight, uh, definitely top five um, always. And I don't think there would would ever be anything lower. So. Any any gatherings like that is is pretty pretty spectacular. 
Um, we did uh, the running of the hoods. Um, that was a record 114 this year. It beat the 70 of last or, you know, two years ago. So that thing seems to be taken off, um, you know, straight up. Uh, who knows what we'll have next year. And there were some really unique, you know, um, characters this year as well. Like somebody who dressed actually up as an ice cream maker. Um, so that was, you know, that, that was unique. And we again stormed the Star Wars live stage. Uh, Anthony Carboni. Not only did she dress up as an ice cream maker, but she carried a little Will Rowe hood with her. She did. She did. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's right. Um, Anthony Carboni. um, Sorry, Anthony Carboni, one of the Star Wars live stage hosts. He was actually dressed up as a Will Rowe. And that was, to him, that was just a dream come true to be partaking in that, you know, in that whole spectacle. Yeah, I you know I was uh, in the running of the hoods as well, and I didn't even yes, realize uh, he was uh, Anthony Carboni was part of it until I watched the uh, stream later. And like, <laughs> oh, like we were on the stage together, but there were so many of us that uh, yeah, I didn't even know. Yeah, a little little to pull the curtain back a little bit. Um, he didn't actually do the whole run; he just waited, you know, until mm-hmm. we're all out and on the stage, and then he came up. Yeah. Um, but he contacted me like two weeks before, and he said, um, "How can I do this? How can I be part?" So I took an extra ice cream maker from Tennessee up there, an extra um, jumpsuit, and then he already had the beard. You know, he had, you know, he already had dark hair, so that was that was all good. And then that's you know, I handed that over to him the day before, and then uh, yeah, he 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 went with it. So that was that was pretty cool. Oh, fantastic! That's really great to know that uh, you had a, a big part in that. So way to go. Yeah, yeah, that was, um, I'm glad it all worked out. You know, you never know because it's, um, you know, their, their, their schedule is very unpredictable. Um, but I'm glad, it, you know, he, he made it happen. Yeah. That's the end of part one. Stay tuned for part two of our Celebration Chicago recap. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it follows generally accepted ground rules for Star Wars fan groups. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Used under authorization.